Welcome back to Have You Tried Rebooting, everybody. This week, what are we talking about, Aaron? We are going to discuss the importance of social networking. So it's the one thing that most tech guys don't like to do. Yeah, have because friends. it involves talking to people. Right. <laughs> we, we, we all have friends, but like most of us are probably introverts. Uh, we probably like playing video games in our basements and... I'm sitting in Alex's basement while we're recording yeah. this it's on his spot. gaming rig. So, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I turned our second bedroom into a gaming space. As, just, lo as long as you can call it a recording studio, you I, can't get in trouble. I refer to it as my home office. I don't do any work in there. I just play games. <laughs> yeah, but well, and with the uh, with the power of the interwebs. It's possible to network without leaving your basement. That's very fair. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the first three years of our friendship, it was pretty much online. Yeah. That's a fun story. We kind of got into that last time, but uh, I feel like we skipped over the those three years, which are probably more important than people it's... give credit to, right? Because you basically connected with me like the week you were leaving for Florida, right? Yeah, I Pretty don't think sure we met in person even. In we that. did it because it, it was like it, it, my life is always this way. Like people that end up being around for a long time, it's like you just was it Facebook or something? You said like, hey, yeah, like I also applied for this position. I was like, hi. <laughs> yeah, there was one of those. Like you posted in the in a, one of the groups that we're both in. You posted a picture of the worship center, and you're like, hey. What do I need to do for this? And I don't even remember what it was. But you're like, yeah, I just started a new position. And I commented oh. on it with something like, oh, yeah, I uh, I did like six interviews there. I, uh, I see they hired somebody. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. You sent me like a message. Yeah. With like very little uh, other context than that. I, was like, I bet what? you if I scroll back far enough on Facebook Messenger, I can find it. Do we have that many Facebook Messengers? I don't think so. We've That's usually kind of texted. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, no, I remember that because it was kind of weird. But that's <laughs> that's like the story of my life when people like come into my life. People that are like important that are around for a while. It's not it, it's it's always not expected and something really random. Yeah. Cause, and you're like, yeah, I'm getting ready to move to Florida for a job. It's like, yeah, cool. And I don't know. We just kind of connected over the CSMT stuff for like the next three years. Right. Yes. Basically. All right. I, I found our first message. Oh, my gosh. April 7th, 2019. April 7th. So. That would have been exactly one month before I moved to Florida. One month. Okay. I was going to say that because my first Sunday was a Palm Sunday. So that had, that like must have been like right after I got, got here. Yeah. Yeah. Your response to me was, I actually just got here Thursday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so legit okay. right after you got there <laughs> wow what day of the week was april 7th well let's find out huh april 7th was a sunday hmm oh yeah so i had approximately been there for four days yeah <laughs> and i had already accepted the position in florida but it was exactly one month before i moved okay <laughs> that's fantastic yeah and then i don't know we didn't. We did some back, like 
personal back and forth, but it was mostly in the forums, wasn't it? It was mostly in forums. And then <clears throat> over the years, it was more back and forth after 2020, after the shutdowns happened. That checks out. Yeah, we were we were chatting a lot about lighting and live streams and stuff. Oh, yeah, because everyone yeah. was scrambling to try and do. Right, and we were trying to figure out how to do things without buying stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that was a time. Fortunately, we were allowed to buy stuff. Yes. Yeah, I, I ended up being able to use 2020 to buy a bunch of stuff, too. So I somewhat miss those times. The attitude of we're going to, you know, do what we have to do. And for, like, the online, I, I think part of it is this area. It's so, like, we only care about in person. Yeah. And it's not... <clears throat> Not saying that in person isn't important. There have been times as a production person that I've told people, like, hey, you want to buy a $3,000 iMac to stream for like 200 people? There's a lot of things we need to buy for the people in the room. Yeah. I very rarely find myself making those arguments. And I was like, this is weird. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It, it was, it's one of those like, when I was in Florida, that, that church was told me there we want to increase our live stream. We want to make it better. But I was when I first got there, it was let's make in room better. We had like fifteen people that watched online on a weekly basis, and seven hundred ish on a weekly basis in the room. I'm mm -hmm. like live stream matters, but not really. I want to do it, but it's not. Like, if, if I have a limited budget, I'm going to spend it where the people are sitting. Yeah. Then uh, March of 2020 hit, and I was like, oh, hey, suddenly our 700 people a week in room is now 700 people a week online. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, as we tend to go down the rabbit holes, we can go down the rabbit hole into my giant theory of online church and what's missing for a bit. And oh. come back to what we actually want to talk about. But I <laughs> think the missing piece, and ironically, I I point people to the gaming community for the model of this. The, the missing piece of, of online church is something we all say we're good at that I'm not so sure we are, which is the actual building of the community. I think there's a lot of people that think online church is like, hey, we just watched the service on Sunday. But if you look at you know, your in-person experiences, like the people that keep coming back, why are they coming back? They're not coming back just for Sundays. Some of them probably are, right? You have your weekly people. And I think, you know, to some people there's value in that. As every, there's, there's always going to be a percentage of your demographic that has people that come on Sundays and that's like all they do. Yeah. But if you look at your like big ticket people, small groups, student ministry, like you're going to see this list of things during the week that these people are getting involved with. How are you creating that for your online people? Well, when you when you look at, well, we can go back into the history of the church as a whole. You know, when, when Christ gave directions for that, it, we're supposed to come together to be together. To do life together. Right. Yeah. Online church doesn't accomplish that. Right. Well, it, as it exists. As it exists now, it doesn't accomplish that. Um, I mean, in 2020... Every church I knew of tried to tried to build it up that infrastructure, you know, Zoom meetings, Zoom calls. Even that is still not an exact replacement. It's not. Well, and that's the thing, because, again, you're 
you're creating just like the Sunday service viewing, right? You're 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 watching and consuming content, but you're not creating community because right. where's your touch point? Where's your engagement? How are you how are you engaging with those people the other six days of the week? Right. Right. This is this is where I point people to the gaming community, and I mean, I actually for our church there exists a our church Discord. Because I was telling people, I was like, at another level for us, we have other problems, too, of, hey, this is actually a centralized resource that we could send everyone to as their first stop. Yeah. And you can, from there, get to, you want to you want to learn about men's ministry? Go to the men's ministry channel. Right. You want to learn about student ministry? Go to the student ministry channel. I have voice chat rooms for the tech team. There can be voice chat rooms for music team. There yep. can be voice chat. I, we could literally cancel our Zoom subscription and do staff meetings on Discord for free. You know, like uh, the the amount of power in that. But but and you know and then you also you know you got you got your meme channels. You're gonna have to have <laughs> moderators. But 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 yeah. those those you know, everyone laughs at those. But those are the things that people are interacting with through the whole week. That right. gives them a reason. This is why I want to be involved in this online church or this specific thing because I get X, Y, and Z out of it during the week. Right. And the funny part of that is, it costs almost zero dollars. Right. If every staff member has their own little channel or piece of that that they manage because they like doing it, you know, like, um, say senior pastor plays games Thursday game night with senior pastor and he live streams it to the Discord. Right, well, he's doing something he likes to do anyways. You're just included. You're you're t- maybe say I play games for three hours. The first hour of it, I stream to this thing and make it a thing. I mean, it, it that's still it's not an exact replacement for uh, in person gathering. It's not, but like it's a lot closer than sitting uh, on my couch and watching a sermon for forty five minutes and then going about my day by yourself. Right. Or even even, even as with a, f- a couple other people, right? Or as a family, like you have a wife and kids, yeah. or you know, and you're just all sitting there. I don't know of any family that stands up and actually joins in worship from their house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, there's there's a question mark in the is worship worth live streaming? I was actually just having a conversation with my video crew the about other, we that? had a meeting. We were talking about this. They're like, they're like, we don't. I was like, we turn the worship on, but we're like, you know, still getting our breakfast and talking about worship or whatever. And right. Like, eh, that's valid. That's right. And, and I mean, you know, I mean, you have to. I always tell people this from a from a live tech perspective. You know, when you get into the argument of uh, like the debate between corporate worship and like you know production based uh, worship, you know, yeah, what I'm yeah. talking about. And because I always tell people, I was like, you're really doing the same thing, but if you're going with production based worship. If you're going to do production-based moments, you have to work a lot harder because what the people would feel by being engaged themselves, you have to make them feel it by presenting it to them. Right. Right? Yeah. You can accomplish the same thing, but you're, you. I mean, you know, there are no, there's no space for the B game if you're singing over people. Right. <clears throat> right. Yeah. No, I've, I've seen a lot of conversation with that in just the idea that some people have... Um, Issues with some of the big names. I don't. I don't want to name any names, um, but some of the big names for quote unquote creating emotions versus creating an intimate moment of worship. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's what what happens when you work too hard at the production side. Now, I've been a production guy for 
over a decade and a half at this point, never going to say don't use production. Yeah. But, like, really, we should be creating an atmosphere where people can worship in the room. I, I don't know about this. I think we've gone down the rabbit hole too far. We are. That's a whole other episode. It we is an de- entire another episode. Debate, but, um, you know, to all that to say, it, the, the community that community piece is what's missing, which is kind of where we're going with this. And it's funny that, you know, because we all say our number one priority is building community. In some, We say that in some way. Yep. You know, whatever our mission statement is, I guarantee you somehow... Some form of community is embedded in there somewhere. Actually, we just changed ours, and I don't think it actually does involve community anymore. Oh. It kind of, kind of, it, it's discipleship-focused, which... Uh, that That's community. Kind of. Right. I mean, I don't know. that. If you're not a church person, do you know what a disciple is? No. Yeah, that's the, there's, there's, yeah. No. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm yeah, not going to, like, go I don't want to dissect that. There's, there's some of us that worry about that. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, online community in that sense, I think that's what's missing right now. Yeah. And it seems to be hard because it's techie and a lot of people don't want to learn that, which, uh, well, yeah, it's tough. Discord's not hard to use. It's hard to set up. But when you can find someone to help you do that, you can learn on the way. Well, I think we talked about that in one of the previous episodes, like... The first time you use Discord, oh, yeah, it's almost impossible because there's no like training. There's no. You just let you someone it. tell you what to click and then yeah, go for it, and yeah. you figure it out as yeah. you go. Once you're in it and you've used it a couple times, it's like the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, but you know, and then and then that translates over to the real world, right? So it's like that's. I mean, there's there's a there's a, I think a missed opportunity in church world to take advantage of whether it be Discord. I like Discord because it kind of bridges, things like. Um, Slack and Zoom. Yes. It's kind of like a combination of those two and yeah. a little bit more. It, it lets you do all of those things in one platform. But, I mean, like, regardless of which one you use, you know, like Teamspeak is supposed to be coming out with a new Yeah, we talked about that, thing. too, yeah, in, we did I think, in episode that. one. So, um, you know, which one you use, irrelevant. Right. But no one's doing some stuff like that right now. I think the people to fully leverage that are going to be the ones that, like, make the next step in terms of online stuff. Yeah. It's going to be whatever church really invests into that is going to see a massive growth in their online community. Mm-hmm. Well, we should probably hop back to the topic. Translate of, that over to the in-person version of it? Yeah, or to the topic that we were going to discuss this episode. We're still talking about it. Which is community among tech people. Mm-hmm. how important it is to have friends or mentors um, that are in the the church production world that are... Or even the regular production <clears throat> world, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, the, the regular production world is where we can learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some friends um, that uh, they own a, a pretty successful like video company in Florida and I got to go get a tour of their trailer and oh, nice. see their equipment and it's just like it's worlds apart from even the the big churches that I've worked at or or served at or taken a tour of are they doing like live stuff yeah they um they do a lot of like 
commercial recordings, but then they do live. They contract with other companies to help assist Phil. Uh, they actually contract with a couple of churches down there and help them with live stream for their bigger, like, Christmas Eve and Easter, you sure. know. But, like, they have, like, a 36-foot trailer with it just filled with equipment and shaders and, nice. you know, all the things that we would love to have but yeah. just don't have the budget for. Or the manpower, probably. Or the manpower. Yeah, the manpower is, that's, that's, that's yeah, lacking. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it goes, I mean, I don't know, to everyone that's, I'm sure there were some people sitting there shaking their heads when I said, yeah, we can, you know, network with the regular production world, right? Uh, You know, I always tell people the difference between us and the regular production world is how we're using it and why we're using it that way. That's it. It's the same same gear. Right, it's the same. How many churches have Rogue R2 washes? Guess how many regular weekend bands use Rogue R2 washes. Guess how many theaters have Rogue R2 washes. Right. That Digico SD8 that you have, it's not like, yeah. that's not a church or the, piece of uh, equipment. Or the theater on that cruise ship that I just got off of a couple months ago. Yeah. They had, they had like four times more lights than we have. I mean, Which, yeah. I mean, usually you'd argue in that way, but I know for a fact that there's churches that have more lights than they have. Right. Right. It's all about how you're using them. It's all about how you're using them, and and I would I would like to say all, but I don't know that I can. So I'm going to say most churches that are that are using that equipment are more ministry based. Like that's their the point of their existence is for ministry, mm-hmm. um, and and they use that equipment to create that atmosphere for worship, to create a space where people can, you know be ministered to um the the thing is is like you see the low-tech churches there's nothing wrong with them they actually can create uh, there's many times where a low-tech worship service will create a much more intimate atmosphere of worship than a high-tech it literally is just how you use it Mm-hmm. And, and why you use it. And why you use it. Now, it's important as a, as a tech guy to find other people that are not just like-minded, but people who think slightly differently than you. Um, I think, like, one of the— And have different skill sets. And have different skill sets. Uh, I think one of the first conversations that uh, Alex and I had, I had posted something— about a lighting rig change that I had made, and we started chatting about lights, and I was buying, like, $175 movers. Oh, yeah, I remember this. And we had a conversation about, wait a minute, you're using $200 or less moving heads. That wouldn't work in my space. And so we had a conversation just on, you know, because I bought 10 of those lights for the price of one of... Like four of the ones that I have to use. Right. And so it's just, it's like... uh, Sometimes some people have that um, gift where they can find deals like nobody's business. Some people are very good at thinking outside the box. Uh, Some people, uh, like yourself, are very, very good at that just dreaming and making things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't give me too much credit for making things happen. There's a lot of people that that do that for for me. I mean, there, there's I start be... it, and then people see it, and they're like, "Oh, I want to." I was like, "If I if I get involved and do this, this, and this, it could be this." And I'm like, "That's what that, yeah, 
but exactly. but that's a that's a skill in and of itself that we need um, that a lot of churches lack is somebody to have that desire to get that ball rolling. True, and somebody to make sure that that is seen all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why like consulting is so important. Some some churches, if you just don't have the manpower, sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and hire somebody that can come in and go, okay, what's the vision of the church? And then they can help point you in the right direction and get uh, get the ball rolling. Now, there's a lot of churches that would kind of frown upon that because that costs extra money. And if they have a tech guy on hand, they're like, why do I need to, you know, hire somebody? Like we're talking about doing a... Um, Dude, I can give you a great example of the answer to that question. Go for it. Uh, I think I mentioned this in the other episode, but, you know, we just kind of got done with a big staff transition, which yep. was a uh, new worship pastor. And, uh, I mean, I no one probably knows, but the amount of stuff that I picked up, you know, if you would have asked me, like, I just we just finished redoing our stage. You know this. Yep. Everyone else may not know this. Um, but for the past like three weeks ish, that's been 90 to 95% of what I've been working on. Yeah. And, you know, so as you're saying, people that may not want to consult when they already have someone, if your tech per, if your one tech guy has, has a plate that's so full that his like 75% or more of his work for the week is just day to day or week to week tasks, mm-hmm. there's no overhead for right. projects like that. Like, I'm probably behind on a lot of things from this design. Now, everyone seems to like it, you right. know, and I think there's grace and people Th- that may have covered some things, but, like, you know, I, I definitely had to throw some stuff aside or take shortcuts or, you know, like, right. try to get stuff done weeks ahead of time. Well, and I think that therein lies another uh, big reason to really get to know the tech guys at the churches around you. Um Chances are you're not the only church in town, and chances are the other church has a tech guy, even if it's not a staff tech guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that a majority of churches in the states, um, I think the average size is like under 200 people. Really? Yeah, it's it's low. Now, we both are blessed and work at larger churches mm-hmm. than that. Um, I just but, think of the cities I've lived in, and like I can name like four or five like very large pretty churches. Pretty big churches yeah. right off the top of my head. Right. Which means there's like 20 more that I don't know about. Well, there's that, but also like, I mean, you and I, most of our experience is going to be in churches in larger cities. Mm-hmm. Like me, uh, in Florida, we were not far from Orlando. Uh, my wife and I lived and served at a church in Chicago. Um, right now, we're in a fairly large t- city. Um yeah, at a at a decent sized church, but like if you think about rural areas, like I was um, out on the the western side of uh, Wisconsin this last week, just doing some consulting work for a friend. Um, his family's uh, church w- just was in desperate need of some assistance, but like I walk in there and I get reminded just how blessed we are to be in an area with multiple large churches. Mm-hmm. This is uh this is the biggest church in their town and their weekly attendance was like 105. Mm-hmm. Um their room sat 120. So like 
I get reminded and humbled sometimes like with the reminder of just how well we're blessed. But like we're blessed beyond just our technology and our, our size. We're blessed with like I can hop – it's a 10-minute it's a drive to hop over and help you with a project, mm -hmm. um, vice versa. You know, like we've had you come in and run sound for a, um, <clears throat> for a staff meeting once before. Um, but like that's the thing. Like if, if we hadn't known each other, I wouldn't have known who to reach out to for that staff meeting where our entire worship arts staff was on stage. Mm -hmm. And our only other person it was a part – she was part-time at the time. Um, and we had her running lights. Yeah. Um, and so it was one of those where it's just like if, if I didn't know you – I mean, there's a couple of other churches, I suppose, we could have reached out to just about anybody. That you don't know. But we don't know. You know? And so, like, having having a, a built-up relationship and mm -hmm. having had, I mean, at that point, it was, it's almost four years of conversations about different things. Um, uh, I know we have some differences in some things, but there's nothing major. Um, and so it's important just to build relationships. And even those things where we have differing opinions, we usually just build off of each other at that mm -hmm. because that's a, well, you see it this way, but I see it this other way because of this reason. Oh, I never thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. Very rarely. I mean, I had a really good friend of mine, uh, completely open atheist. One of the most, like... Probably a more godly person than 60 or more percent of church people that I knew. Yeah. Just, but, you know, they don't see it that way. But who they were and how they treated people, definitely. Yeah. You know, they're not going to see it that way. So I was telling people, I was like, very rarely does it actually matter what your differences are. It matters how do you interact with the people and how do you, you know, right. how do you approach that? I was setting up a show with a mutual friend of ours the other day, and I'm pretty sure I was, like, really getting on his nerves because we, like, <laughs> our business models are not the same right now because I have full-time employment and a sec. You know, I do that on the side right now, trying to right. build it into something. Big. Yeah, and he does it you know, his own And he's made the jump time. and does it full-time. So, right. you know, he, he, has to, he, has to, he has to think about volume. I don't yet. Yeah. You know, right. and so there's – we've had some interesting, you know – I'm pretty sure he wanted to tell me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I could see him saying that, though. Yeah. That's the thing. As, I mean, you know, but we, we, I think we both see see that for what it is. You know, yeah. at some, you know, it's like at some point you're going to have to start thinking that way if you want to run full time. It's like I understand that, but you know, I, and you're like you're saying having people to pull you back and to different right. mindsets sometimes is actually more helpful than hurtful. And somebody to help train your mind to think in a way that you haven't necessarily been forced to do before. Or put you in places you haven't been. You want to do something humbling, go help set up uh, set up like a big rig at the PAC. Yeah. Performing Arts Center. Yep. Or something like that. I think <clears throat> having people come over and have to teach me how a chain ho or a motorized chain <laughs> hoist works. Most humbling experience of this year so far by hands down. I remember the first time that I touched an LED wall. <laughs> it's actually uh, 
was it when we were in Florida, one of the biggest churches in the area, like he had made a post and just asked, hey, is anyone willing or available to assist us? Uh, we're doing this massive project for Christmas. And I was like, I'm not doing anything on Friday, so sure, why not? Huh. Um, so I figured I might as well just jump down there and kind of figure out what LED walls were like. And um, I helped them for a, an hour or two, and then uh, I took a step. They they had a very high uh, choir loft, and I took a step and just, like, tore my pants right down the middle. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I'm going home. So... Um, it, it was a learning thing, like, okay, so I had to learn, one, how LED walls work, and then, two, I, I got some experience in gaff-taping pants back together. <laughs> Which of those was the more valuable skill? Um, well, <laughs> I don't know. LED walls are probably more <laughs> useful to a long-term career, but... That's great. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens to everybody, right? Just about, yeah. But, I mean, I think the other thing going into this, too, is, like, we all need to stop looking at each other as, like, competition. Oh, yeah. I don't know why churches do this. Like, literally all of our missions are kind of the same thing said different ways. Right. I mean, you know, the area we're in, there's kind of four big churches, and I know at least three of them have, the at the pastoral level, have pretty frequent meetings and then everyone's just like yeah we're all on the same page here like uh, and none of the three are the same denomination yeah i i think yeah you're you're right on the speaking level however like and now that you bring that up i think over the past couple years i've seen that shift a little bit yeah and i may be crossing wires with the last place i worked um because I would always be like, yeah, I'm going out to so-and-so's church to help him with a worship night because we never did worship nights. Right. Or like once a year. And if you weren't year, doing you know, anything that night, I was like, like well, yeah, I'm going to go help him. And everyone would always kind of like give me this side eye. Yeah. I was like, you're working with the enemy. Like, what? Like, what? No. no, it's another <laughs> church. I'm just using my gifts that I ha- that God gave me to help somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Even beyond that, though, it's just like, you know, it's like there's... There's so many, there's so much more right out there and to do. And well, it's like uh, I was having a conversation with uh, one of our facilities guys this last week. And uh, he asked me, he's just like, he's like, what have you got, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? And I'm like, I've been over at uh, Alex's church just helping them out with some projects. And his immediate question is like, is, does, does the leadership know that you're, you're out there freelancing with other churches? And I was like, I told them that during my job offer. I mean, let's be real. It's a ministry income, which is fine. But, like, if I want to put more away for a house, I got to freelance or do something else to, like, be able to put some more in the bank to save for expenditures like car repairs. And, like, I told them that. I was pretty open with that. I'm like, hey. I'm not going to stop freelancing. I'm going to keep doing it. And it helps us to build relationships with other churches. And I think the production department at your church is the best way to build a link with another church. Yeah. Because it, it, it shows, it proves that there's, there's not a competition here. It's I'm helping you do this project. Yeah. And I don't necessarily expect you to come in and help me with uh, our big LED wall change for Easter. But... <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, uh, if you want to, you're welcome. But but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not an expectation. It's the I have the ability. I have the yeah. the margin in my personal life and to the be time. To do that. If there's time, you know, right? Yeah, there was supposed to be more time than when I had to help with help yeah, you. But, but I mean, you know, it goes how it goes. It goes how it goes. But, I mean, I did that in Florida a lot, too. I would go around to other churches. And uh, I got asked a couple of times, and I was just like, God gave me a gift. Wait, mm-hmm. It's not my job to keep that gift solely at the place that I'm at. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, you know, we're also not—I mean, I guess I can't speak for you, but my contract is def- definitely doesn't have any kind of clauses about— Oh, no non-compete. Uh, I won't— Non-compete I won't. or—but also, like— uh, I'm blanking on the term. It's like uh, a lot of like science-based places have it. So like if you invent something, it belongs oh, to the yeah, company, yeah. you know? So, um, and I, cause, cause I had someone ask me, oh, you doing this podcast? Like, are they going to be okay with it? I was like, why wouldn't they? Right. I was like, if they have a problem, then I might need to be seeking new employment because the right. same reason you're saying, right? Like we're yeah. all trying to help each other. Well, and th- uh, no, and we're one, not. Mar- we're not. We're not naming names on purpose. Right. We're we're being careful not to. Yeah. And like, if I create like today, I, I created a little mashup for an Awana celebration coming up. They they wanted a couple of songs just kind of blended together. Sure. Super simple. You drop it in Reaper. You cut off the parts you don't want to, and you make a crossover fade. Yeah. Easy. For when us. I, well, yes. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, it literally took me like three minutes to do it because yeah. I, I told the kids department, I said, give me the chorus that you want to use. And they just sent me MP, MP3 files. It's like, just send me the MP3 files. Tell me what part of that song you want to use. And then I'll cut it out and I'll make it yeah. good. Um, creating that, that stays with the church. Like that is, I created that for the church. Yeah, that, that is now the church's property. Copyright law is non-incumbent in that sense. It's not our songs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, this podcast is fully separated from that. Mm-hmm. This is you and me working on something, not... Well, and, like, I mean, there's, I don't know, even, I mean, I may be a little bit a little more liberal you and than you in that sense, but if I made that music loop and someone from another church was like, hey, we want to do this thing, and they list the exact same three songs, I'd be like, yeah, here you go. I mean, I, I don't know that my church would care if I did that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a minute and a half. It's 90 seconds. Yeah. Yep. But, I mean, on a larger thing, you know, I mean, like, there was uh my last church, I think, we got a new senior pastor. Christmas series, he wanted to preach a series that he had preached at the last church. They sent us o- over all the graphics. Oh, wow. Like the whole package. Wow. We didn't have to do a lot. It's great. That's convenient. Yeah, it's but great. That, but that's the kind of thing churches should be doing. Yeah. Churches should not be sending cease and desist letters to each other. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um. Because we all know most of us don't have enough money for the lawsuit anyways. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Especially when it comes from another church. Yeah. I do feel like it would be apropos for us to talk about this um, copyright of the term worship leader. Copyright? Uh, you do didn't, it. You didn't see that? No. Okay. Well, there's a company that copyrighted the term worship leader. Apparently what? they did it in the 90s. 
and now they're uh, they're they're talking to other podcasts and other places that have that term in their name, and um, pulling them like from Facebook and podcasts and what? <laughs> yeah, I, I this is the first I'm hearing of oh, this, but it's I'm... been all over the group that we're in. Oh, really? Yeah. Apparently, oh, you don't pay attention to Facebook. Yeah. Oh, I. I may have I may have turned off notifications outside of ones of posts that I'm like directly in or not because I was like missing other things. Ah, uh, no, I, no, I haven't seen that one yet. Okay. I usually get decent feeds from that group, but I haven't yeah. seen that yet. Well, so so that whole Jeez. thing is like this is this is the whole topic, right? Like we shouldn't be sending cease and desist letters to each other. We shouldn't be taking each other to court. Um, over things like that. Sure. Like, I mean, my opinion on that one is why did you, why did you coin that term? Well, because the fact that you're chasing everyone down for using it says to me that you are more out to make a buck than you were to actually define something that has been monumental in right. the past 20 to 30 years and redefining how the church oh, yeah. roles work on the, a Sunday. The, maybe in the nineties in the early nineties, the term worship leader wasn't common. But mm-hmm. it is now. I mean, what else would you call it? Right. Can you even copyright that? Like I, well, they did it. I mean, beforehand. you could have a worship pastor, but you know, depending on your church. Well, I guess everyone just your, got updated. Yeah, upgraded. everyone is upgraded to a I pastor. Mean, now, I mean, I mean, we have worship directors. We don't yeah. have worship leaders. Now, don't get me started on directors. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm gonna go copyright production director, and then I'm gonna send a bill to every church every. that. Has that uh, as the not a bill, title. a monthly subscription. There we go. I'll follow <laughs> waves, waves thing. You want to be a production director? That'll be twenty five dollars a month. Yeah, <laughs> per director. Oh, correct. <laughs> you want to have a technical director? We'll we'll make that fifteen because that's the older phrasing. <laughs> we talked some on the importance of social networking with other tech people. Yeah, I mean, at the same time. I feel like there's only so much to say about, hey, you should have friends. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell tech people that. That's rude. (laughs) It's correct. It is correct. We all, we all need, we all need some people. I mean, uh, I mean, I can tell you, uh, I've done both. Like, um, I did it when I got here. I did it in my last church. Last church, I was like completely in existence by myself for probably a year or two. Ooh. Hmm? Ooh. And uh, actually, I should send them a link. They'll probably listen to this. But um, I was, I think I was just pulling batteries from mics at the end of a rehearsal or something. And it's a, it was a husband and wife. It was like my first like real friends there. And they were, I think they were just talking to like the pastor or someone in front of the booth. And I made some comment. And it was either I either it was either like a side quote from Family Guy, or it was like a League of Legends reference. I'm pretty sure it was one of those two. I can't remember which one. Okay. And um, the wife just busted out laughing, and I was like, "Oh, you got that?" I was like, "You know, usually I just make yeah. references like that, and no one gets oh, it." Oh, it's, it's like, a fellow yeah. nerd. I was like, "Oh, you get that?" It had to have been Family Guy because I was like, "No one in church would ever get that." You know, right. Most most people don't don't um, partake of that part of the culture That's of fair. life. Um, which I understand. So I was like, whatever. Um, and I was like, oh man, they got that. And then we just kind of started talking and I mean, you know, 
connecting with them. I met another husband and wife couple that, you know, I've, the, that would be my core group of friends from yeah. Columbus with the exception of a couple other people, a couple people right. from college and stuff like that. But just, uh, having people, you know, and this, this, this branches out of our just, you know, having tech friends. Yes. But also yeah. beyond that, you know, I think we live in an age where it's so easy to like, feel like we're actually connected to people when we're not. Right. Um, like these were people that I would interact with two to three times a week. Sometimes, you know, I'd see him yeah. at rehearsal. I see him on Sunday and very regularly we would go out wine tasting on Fridays. Well, and those are the kind of friendships that go both ways. Like you're not always going to be, you're not always the one that texts them and go, Hey, can we hang out? Those are the people that text you back mm-hmm. or text you first. Um, but I did that same thing when I moved here, right. For uh, probably the yeah. first Oh, man. At least the first year that I was here. Yeah. I mean, you know. Our our friendship really kicked off like six months after you moved here, and I was already moved away. Yep. Like. Yep. And, 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 you know, I say this for this position, not really counting, you know, like I had those friends from back home. I We still text sometimes. Um, well, there's a nature had, of when you move away. You know, my gaming friends that I still played with regularly, but I mean, at least a year or two being here until I really connected with anybody. Yeah. And again, there's some there's some exceptions to that. You know, there were, um, like, I stayed with a family for six months when I moved here till I found a place. Like, yeah. you know, very close with them. It's kind of like my family in this area. Right. You know, air quotes. Um, but. Uh, it's just, and I think the demographic of our age makes that exponentially harder. Yes. I mean, it's, it, you know, you go back to the blessing of the size churches that we're at. You know, if you scale that down to out of a hundred, you'd be lucky to find one other 20 to 30 year old. Wow. Right. I think, Ish. I think mine is, mine is at my, my church. That's, you would probably... Out of a hundred, you probably have at least like twenty-five. Uh, yeah, yeah, in this area. But if you again go to those rural areas, oh yeah, right, go to the rural. I mean, you're areas, looking yeah. at one to five people in right. your age group. Well, you know? and, and I'm not saying they have to be church people, but you know when that's like part of your regular routine and weekly routine. Yeah, it's just making that connection. And you know we've had some different staff come on and stuff where I've like connected with some yeah. people, and. Um, so it's, you know, and some right. people on my team, you know, I've connected to and uh, like stuff like that kind of happens, but it's the same deal, you know, but I've been in that, like, I'm just doing it by myself thing. And like, can you do it? Yeah. Yeah. I find that those are usually parts of your life where you're very focused on like yourself. And I'm not saying that's bad. I think we all need well, to do that. Well, it like, can self- lead to some unhealthy tendencies if you're it not can. careful. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with self-growth. True. Everyone needs it. Yep. I also don't think it has to exist in a vacuum. No, it shouldn't exist in a vacuum. <sighs> yes and no. I think there, having having done it both ways, there are definitely some things that I am better at than other people because I've had to do it all by myself. That's do I fair. think everyone else? Do I want everyone else to have to go through that? No. Well, because it's not fun. It's not. It's not good. That goes back to. uh, But you have to. You have to learn how to set boundaries if you're going to not do it by yourself. Right. Which is a whole other skill set that I'm not that good at because of that. I I got asked 
um, after Christmas, we did a debrief, and uh, one of our other staff members, uh, we have a, a few staff members in the production team, uh, asked me why I didn't ask for help setting up for Christmas um, at the second campus. And my answer straight up was, I didn't need it. You know, it, yeah. one, it, it didn't feel like very much. I mean, mm -hmm. I hung some string lights across oh, the room. Yeah. Uh, it, it really wasn't much. And then I changed where things were on the stage. Yeah. It took me a day. You know, it, it yep. really wasn't even a day. It was like five and a half hours. Oh, yeah. It was like, I, I really didn't, I, I didn't need it. And it's, that's not to like toot my own horn. It just is, you know, at, at some of the positions I've been in in the past, I got, I asked for help and I got told, well, it's your job. You'll figure it out. Ah. So I got very good at figuring that out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, well, I got to get it done one way or another. So I just became very efficient and very, very fast at doing things and figuring things out. And so, like, that actually was a blessing for, for the church I'm at now because that freed up a lot of my time to help at the bigger campus and get things ready. Because those that project, the projects they're getting ready for Christmas were yeah. tenfold. Um, yeah. Even this next week, we're looking at doing Easter we're doing Easter setup. Um, we're doing the Easter decor this coming Thursday uh, at the small campus. And I'm just like, yeah, I need help loading stuff into the box truck. And then we already have a decor team there. They'll unload things from the box truck. I'll do my yeah, thing. I just got to get it there. Right. I'll do my thing and then I'll leave. The decor team can handle everything else. And then uh, I'll come back next week and we'll, we're doing the main campus. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like um, I've done this whole that whole do things by yourself. It's not fun. Mm -hmm. It's much more fun to work with friends. It is. But sometimes it it's faster. Better. Sometimes it's faster to just do it yourself too. Well, I mean, it goes, uh, I mean, this could be a tease for another, there's a whole other discussion, but I would tell people, uh, I think a lot of our people and our, our fellow tech people are, uh, perfectionists of some kind. Yeah. Um, if you are leading people there, you have three options. One, do it yourself. That's the easiest one for a lot of us. Uh, especially for um, those of us that tend to lean more toward perfectionism. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, and, you know, I think there's different strains of perfectionism, uh, but that's the easiest one for us, I yeah. think, naturally, because we can do it the way we want to do it, how we want to do it, mm -hmm. when we want to do it. We can answer all the five questions yep. exactly. Yep. Right? Your second choice is to delegate. That's the one that's probably harder for us because you have to let go of it. And there's there's two ways to delegate. You can um, you can create a list or bullet bullet point structure or uh, reproducible process yeah. for someone to do what you are gonna do your way themselves. Or you can delegate to them and say, get this done. Right. But this is what I have, want the end product to look like. This is what I want to happen, but you have to be fully committed to the fact that whatever, however they do it is going to be how it's done, yep. and it's going to be okay. And they may not do it the way you would have done it, but if you don't give them that list, that's how it's going to get done. Right. Right? That's your other big choice. And then your third choice would be, like, just hire someone to do it. Right. Most people don't have that option, so you really have two options. Right. Right. And, you do and, it yourself or you find and, a volunteer. And, and I feel like, you know, you, you get into that by your, that by yourself thing, you can fall into this loop of like, well, I want it done this way, so I have to do it. 
Oh, I'm 100% guilty of that. I think we all so are. So often. You know, but the, the, then that that almost kind of fuels that vacuum because you want everything done, you know, your way and perfectly 100%. And, you know, I, the biggest advice I can give people if you if that if that resonates with you at all is start asking yourself that 5 or 10%. Right. If you cut it off the top, how many people are going to notice? <laughs> that you know, um, uh, I, I mean, I, I learned this at my. I, I was fortunate enough that I kind of had to start learning this at my last job. Yeah, um, and it, it sometimes it feels like you're cutting corners, you know, as a perfectionist because you're like, well, it could be this, this, and this. No, first of all, no one else is ever going to know that because you're probably the one leading the dream. Right. Right. Yep. So if you have something that exists inside your head. Like our last stage design had like three or four phases that we never even did. Just happened that way. Technically, yep. the one we're using right now isn't even done yet. I haven't told very many people this yet. There's I like the, though how it's set up. It, it looks. You're supposed to have metal panels, though, right? Su- no, there's supposed to be angled panels on the end. But um, I was actually yeah. just talking to someone about this. The reason that those were drawn that way was because our roaming camera would shoot across the stage, and we I wanted something behind it. Uh, okay. but, but our but our wireless rig is broke right now, and we're discussing whether we're actually going to replace it or not. Oh, and I was like, well, if we don't replace it, there's no point. Do we need to? Put, I know, like, I was like, we're a little over budget as it is. Do we want to try and put more panels up, or do we want to just make the ones we have look nice? I would just do that, even if you replace. Uh, yeah, that. so mm-hmm. I'm. I mean, I'm waiting for some people that actually get to make that decision to come back yes. to have a discussion about it. But um, all that to say, you know, though. Those kind of percentages, right? No one right. else is going to know. I know that it's not going to be a realized design. Yeah. You know, and, ma- you know, if this was a previous design, I probably would have felt <coughs> felt like, oh, man, I failed, you know? Right. Um, I mean, this, I mean, full, full, full transparency, this is the, probably the first design I've ever done that I've been, like, 100% proud of. Oh, this, that was a fun design to help you with, though. Yeah. And it came I literally really didn't do very much of I it. I actually drew this design before the last one that we had. Yeah. Like, I was... I, Looking for, we were talking about an idea for something, and I was flipping through SketchUp because I always do yeah. designs with different layers, so I can just turn stuff on just to look at stuff. Yeah. And I popped this one up. And I was like, "Why did we never do that one?" And then I realized there's this giant forty foot panel just <laughs> hanging. Yeah. And back then, we didn't have anybody on our teams that had know how to rig something like that. Right. You know, truss rigging, I could find someone to help with. Like yeah. people do that regularly. Right. Hanging a giant coroplast panel. Not so much. Not so much. Uh, <laughs> At so, least you kept your cor- uh, your your panels mostly together. Yeah, I did I, a church once where we we wanted it to look like the Epcot ball. Oh, so you like diag- diagonal? We cut, cut it and yeah. then like tried to grill it. It was a nightmare. Yep, it I worked mean, for a few weeks and then I had a, a friend turn me on to Unistrut. Uh, oh yeah, most of our money for the panels for this design was Unistrut and Coroplast, which you know is highly reusable. So that was fun, but oh, yeah. you know, the ten, the five to ten percent. Start asking yourself if you're, you know, if it's a redundant task that someone else can do, you know, can I give them a list that explains exactly how to do it, or can I tell them to get this done? And even right. if it's not done perfectly the way I would do it, is it going to work? Yep. And and if the answer is yes, then work on just letting the letting that. 
I'm going to call it sense of failure. Yeah. Just kind of float out of your body. Yep. Because the more you can do that, the less stressful your life is going to be. And you're going to start creating synergy inside of your team. Instead of your team relying on you, your team is going to start relying on systems. As you delegate more, you're going to come better at both kinds of delegating. And the more you can explain your thought process to other people, the less you have to do all the time. And we go back to that discussion from earlier about day-to-day tasks. Yeah. All of a sudden, Joe from this other church that has 90% of his week being just doing things to get ready for Sunday, all of a sudden is down to 50% weekly tasks. Yeah. And now he has headspace to do big projects or special requests or maintenance. I mean, how many tech guys probably aren't doing, you know, what should be regular maintenance (laughs) for the same reason? Right. There's just not time. We wanted to remind everybody that really what we want this to be is we want this to be a question, question and answer kind of situation. We want you guys, we have a Discord server, we have an email address, we have a Facebook page. Like, we want people who are listening to this, if you have questions or concerns or, hey, my church is doing this or looking at doing that, send it to us. There's a chance that either Alex or I have seen it or handled something similar or we know somebody that has. Yep. Look for people that can tell you what not to do. Correct. Uh, I don't know that we'll ever be able to tell you what to do in certain situations, but we can tell you what, what we tried and, yeah. and what didn't work. Hey, don't do this. It doesn't end well. That's how you get good at stuff. Yeah. I think a lot of people forget that, right? Right. The amount of people, I mean, I've had people make comments. Oh, man, Alex, you got your life together. It's like, no, nah. <laughs> no, I'm glad you think that. Yep. I've just messed up a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I know how not to do it now. Yes. That's I've, all. I've learned how not to, you know, do things. Yeah. I'm not sure I've exactly figured out how to do certain things. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah, bring your friends to Discord because, uh, I know, I was just thinking the other day we could do something fun where, like, we could actually have the Discord chat, like, live when we do an episode or something. Oh, yeah. I'm, like a live episode or something. That That'd be, be fun. fun. We'll have okay. to figure out how many people have to join before we do that. Yes. I think <clears throat> I think once we get to 10 subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> He's setting the bar low, folks. Uh, hey, He's setting hey, the bar low. <laughs> I, I'm setting the bar realistically. Uh, we're, we're, we're just starting this. All right. Well, you get to set the tech up for that. <laughs> okay. That's fine. I mean... Uh, if we're still recording in your basement, your tech is already set up. It's right this there. This is true. Uh, yeah, that's true. So, yeah. But yeah, so cool. Well, until next, I'd say we should tell everyone what we're talking about next time, but I don't know if we've decided yet. Uh, I don't think so. And there's a chance that it'll just be a rabbit hole.